This is Stephanie Nelson, host of the Pivotal People podcast. We have great conversations with all kinds of interesting people who are making a difference in the world. Follow us and leave a review if you like this episode so that more people can find us. Thanks for listening. Well, I would like to welcome Dr. Heather Penny to the Pivotal People podcast. It's actually the second time she's been with us. She is a leadership coach, a trusted advisor, she's a teacher, she's an engaging speaker, and she is an author. She was with us a year ago when her great book first came out. It's called The Life You're Made For, Finding Clarity, Confidence, and Courage to Be Fully Alive. And Mm -hmm. since I met Heather and since I read her book, I've been listening to her podcast, which is fantastic. I listened to it the other day, just really great thinking for getting our year off the ground. So she agreed to be with us again. So Heather, (laughs) thank you for joining us. I'd love for you to tell everyone a little bit about your background and what inspired you to become a leadership coach in the first place. Yes. Thank you, Stephanie. It's so good to be here for the second time. I've always loved going on your show. (laughs) More like old friends who just get to chat. That's right. Well, I'll start with my background. I started as an educator, started teaching little third graders, and then got my master's in leadership and started teaching at the university level, and then moved on up into working with nonprofits, working in Belize, helping to break the cycle of poverty. And that's where I got a little bit more of the entrepreneurial bug and decided I want to do some more of my own coaching and consulting for myself. So I hired a coach. I didn't know what a coach was or what the coaching field even was, but I hired a coach because I think it was in my midlife crisis going, who am I? What do I want to be when I grow up? And finally, this I was interviewed with a lot of different spaces and great organizations, but I did not feel excited about it. What I think I needed the permission to say to myself was, you get to go start your own business and you get to go work for yourself. And so my coach helped say that to me and then said, Heather, have you ever thought about coaching? And I'm like, no, but now I am. (laughs) <laughs> so I did that, went back, got my PhD, and the research is really what I like to use to support my coaching practice for about 15 years now. Oh, okay. In addition to being a mom and a wife and all of the other things that you're doing, one of the things I loved about your book is it was just all about saying, what's the vision for my life? And what is it that I really want? You call that clarity. Could you yes. explain your 3C living to us and kind of walk us through what that means. And then let's talk about the practical steps of really making those things happen in our own lives. Yeah, I'd love to, Stephanie. My book, The Life You're Made For, has three different sections in it. And it's got 18 chapters, six chapters on each, clarity, confidence, and courage. So that just helps you understand the organization of it. I wrote it for it to be like a manual for people because I wanted everyone to feel like they had me as their coach in their corner. And then I created a coaching companion that goes with it. It's kind of like a coaching journal for you to reflect and write with it. And then I've also just recently recorded an e-course that will be going with it. And that'll be launching here in the next couple of months. So this whole idea is you get to grow your own clarity and you get to build your own confidence and you get to engage your own courage. Most of us don't know that we get to do that. So when I really lay it out with my clients. It's this feeling of, I want them to feel so empowered that they get to step into the life they are only uniquely made for. But I don't want to just keep saying that to them. I want to give them the tools to help them do that. And so Mm -hmm. I've called it, and of course there's a myriad of tools because we're so complex as human beings, but I call it clarity, 
I call it confidence and I call it courage because I believe if these are like three handles to help you start growing what you need, your internal sense of self and to really connect with your true self so that you can step in the life you're made for. And I'll reference back to my research. I was reading so many peer reviews and case studies about the growing, what they're calling a social epidemic of uh, people spiraling down into depression and anxiety and deep grief and sadness. And their social researchers are saying this, we don't understand this trend. It's going backwards. And people are, are struggling with spiraling down. Well, I knew in that moment, and they kept saying more research is needed, more research is needed. So my research really became to be focused on what helps us spiral up. So when I started moving in those conversations and I was looking for participants for my study, that's usually the hardest thing to do. I put out a call on Facebook and within 24 hours, I got more than I needed for my, my, my participants. and my Wow. Staff. That says something right there, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think it's this, I, I realized we needed to shift the conversation around how do we just survive life? We get pretty good at that. How do we stop spiraling down? to how do we thrive in life and how do we start creating coping mechanisms for spiraling up? We just did not have that conversation robust enough. And that's really what my work does, whether I'm coaching with you one-on-one or whether I'm going into groups or whether you're listening to my podcast, every conversation I'm having is to support you in the spiraling up process so that you can grab on to a handle that helps you move into that life that, that only you were made for. One of the things you talked about in your podcast was tools, like practices. And I grabbed onto this one. You talk about clarity. So what is clarity? You know, understanding what it is you want or understanding where you are. And really, you're talking about self-awareness. And most of us are too busy. We get up in the morning, we jump out of bed, we get our coffee, and we move on with our day. And you and I both talked about the value of if you are you know, I'm, it's a luxury to have this time. I appreciate that. But to be able to sit down very first thing in the morning, and you talked about journaling and journaling, like, what are you thinking? What is on your mind? What is the first thing in the morning? And you really talked about taking the time to journal and reflecting on that before you even jumped into your day, being self-aware, that's clarity. Is, am I getting this right? Could you you're explain it better? It. Yeah, yeah, no, you're nailing it. So clarity, and I like to talk about this idea of journaling because it can be it can be for an hour but it can also be 5 minutes and i work with a lot of high powered individuals who are moving at a very fast pace my goal is to help them just slow down long enough to get their clarity and then get their confidence and get the courage so i'll give you a really basic journaling practice that i do and that i do with a lot of my executive leaders is just write what your clarity is in the moment how do you wake up what's going on um, and it could be a couple sentences. What is it that's true and what you know right now? That's the beginning of getting the clarity of what you need. One is the example that's coming to my mind. I think I talked about my podcast is I'm waking up with a lot of stress right now. And I, I wanted to learn how to wake up with more peace because that's a spiraling up process. A spiraling down is waking up with more and more stress every day. And then that becomes your motivator to push you through the energy for the day. I didn't want to be energized by stress. I want to be energized by peace. But that's a significant shift to change. And most of us don't even know how to do it. And we just think that's our new normal. No, that's a survival thinking. I got to survive this day again. A thriving kind of thinking says, I get to, and we fill in the blank. That moves us into our confidence piece. So clarity is about knowing. Confidence is about what we believe. 
Once I have written a couple sentences about what I'm clear on, like I woke up with a lot of stress this morning, I move into my confidence space. So confidence is about rejecting a false belief and inviting in a true belief. A false belief for me is you're just stuck waking up stressed out and that's what's going to motivate you throughout the day. A true belief, and this is the moment where I I may write the false belief and just cross it out, or I don't Mm -hmm. even bother with the false belief. I move right into the true, true belief, which is I get to wake up with peace and I get to be fueled with peace throughout the day. So once you moved in that confidence section, the courage then is all about taking action. What action steps do I want to take today based on the clarity that I just got and the confidence that, I, that I'm that i moving into? Many of us, and this is where I want to st- pause here in the confidence space, many of us will, we don't even realize that we are living off of a false belief. I have to be motivated by stress is a false belief. The true belief that I'm going to reach for and make my mind shift, literally, it's that concrete, is I get to be motivated by peace. Now, I don't know how yet. <laughs> right. And I and I, it doesn't come naturally to me because I'm already in a stress state. What am I waking up stressed about? Sometimes it's manufactured stress. It's not even real. And I think I spoke about that too in my podcast. Well, a very slight, subtle difference mm-hmm. is the phrasing. Like I heard you say, when you wake up with a false belief that I have to be motivated by stress, that's different than I get to be motivated by peace. One is our taking initiative and the other is just reacting to our circumstances. We may actually, what I got was we, our situation may be exactly the same. Yep. The difference is simply how we're perceiving it, reacting exactly. to it. Exactly. And many of us cannot reach for that true belief. We just, and this is in my day-to-day work with clientele, and that's where I have so much compassion. I mean, if we would, or if we could do it, we would, right? Right. So where I started working with clients, I started saying, okay, what is it that feels too good to be true? Huh, that I get to wake up with peace? I go, that's your true belief. (laughs) If that feels too good to be true, you're going to reach for that for now. Give it 30 days where you're reaching for that five minutes a day is what the research is showing us. Five minutes a day, if you're sitting in that true belief, it begins to change the neural pathways in your brain. And you actually start waking up with peace. We don't realize this to your point, Stephanie, we don't realize that we live almost as a victim to our own beliefs. What I'm trying to do is help everybody. And you talked about raising that self-awareness. You're right on. When we raise the self-awareness of what we're believing, that's what makes all the change. Then the courage is just moving into an action step. Heather, could you talk for a minute about what you just explained, that five minutes can pretty much rewire the neural pathways in our brain. That is a physical organ. Could yes. you explain that? Because that was a new concept to me a couple of years ago when I started learning about mindfulness. This is mm-hmm. like a track in our head. Yes. I'll be quiet. And we, let's let the professional explain. Oh, no, I love it. Thanks for asking that. This is off the research I got from Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and it's called, her book is Switch on Your Brain, which I really love that book. And she's written several since then. But she's a neuroscientist who studied human thinking and human behavior. And when they started seeing the thought process connected to actual brain development, they began to realize that our positive thoughts actually have the power to change the neurons in our brain, which blew my brain when I read it. And that's what we call neuroplasticity, which is a fancy word for just means we are now understanding that the brain is more plastic. Plasticity has the word plastic in it. We used to think it was like cement, that it couldn't change. 
we're realizing that the brain can regenerate and change itself on our thought process. We didn't realize we had that much internal power to do that. And I like to sync it up too with our faith. As we reach for that higher power, and Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, speaks to this as well, we reach for a loving, powerful presence that taps into our true belief. So when I say I get to wake up with peace, I anchor it into my faith, which is for me, I think of Psalms 23, where the Lord is constantly my shepherd and leading me and guiding me. But that's my faith that I'm syncing up to my true belief. Now my faith is engaged with my thought process. Courage is just about taking action steps. So I'll write down an action step I'm going to do for that day to make it concrete. And it could be, I'm going to meditate for five minutes on my true belief. Sometimes I create a playlist around it so that I can listen to music that engages that true belief because I'm trying to change the neural pathways in my brain. Her research showed as a neuroscientist that if we do this for at least five minutes a day, whether we meditate or pray or think on that true belief, and we're reaching for that, what happens, it begins to create a new groove in our brain that allows us to actually start living in that new space that we didn't even think was possible before. What that's is, amazing. Isn't it? And I think what's the most challenging thing is if you've lived with a false belief, like for me, waking up with anxiety, I think it started in childhood. I use it to motivate me to be a better student, to get the job done, to be a good athlete. It works for a while. And the energy that comes from anxiety actually works. It gets you success mm-hmm. <laughs> until you're worn out. Somewhere in my late 20s, it wore me out. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Now I'm moving into my 50s. And with all my own self-development I've done, the research I've done and the research I've read, I'm like, oh my goodness, it really does start with what we get to reach for that almost feels too good to be true. So if I'm in a constant state of waking up with anxiety, and I've talked to many people who live this way, one of this like too good to be true is I tell them, did you know you could wake up with peace? And they laugh. They literally laugh at me. And I go, I know, I know, but you do. It's just going to take a little work on your part. And I'm going to walk you through how you start doing it. Like you're going to have to start really reaching for that true belief. You have to have skin in the game. It doesn't just drop on you. You've got to give a little bit of of muscle work to it. And I liken it to going to the gym. If you want to grow your, your, your body muscle weight, you have to lift muscles and they have to get a little heavier every day. You can't just lift five pounds for the rest of your life. You got to get up to a 15 pound. Same thing with your brain. You've got to start exercising those, what we, what I say, reject the false beliefs and grab onto the true beliefs. And you have to exercise that on a daily basis. And if you're a person of faith, you bring in your higher power, you bring in your God, who's all loving, all knowing, all powerful and say, can you help me with this? That's then how we pray. We pray around our true beliefs and we pray rejecting our false beliefs. Yeah. And I, I feel like it gives me something to hold on to. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, I always say, it's like charging your phone. Yeah. For me, I have to be reminded of it every single day. But when you start the day that way, over and over and over again, you do become more aware. I become more aware of, oh, do I need to say that? Ooh, do I really need to, do I need to even think that? You know, that's what we're talking about, rewiring our brains. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you talked about was, uh, you know, let's talk about false beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, Heather, that was a new concept. Mm-hmm. The first time I read about false beliefs was when I read your book a year ago. Really? Yes. And it would be scary now for me to list all of the false beliefs I've had. But I think one of them, which you hit the nail on the head, particularly as parents or women or successful 
career people, this idea that if we aren't stressed, then we aren't doing a good job. How about this mm -hmm. one? If we aren't worried about our kids, then we're not good parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over and over again, Jesus keeps saying in the Bible, you know, here's my peace. Here's a shortcut. I'll just give it to you. Whereas our human tendency is if I can do these 10 things, or if I can control these 10 circumstances, and they all go, well, then I'll get peace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what the irony is that in that's actually what makes us crazy. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of peace. So yeah. this whole idea, and I'll, um, when you get to the point of confidence, like what are the tools you said, you will mm -hmm. jot down some things you need to do that day. What are some other tools that can get people from the point of, okay, I have, I know where I am. I know what I want. I am going to reject that false belief. Now, the next step is how do I apply that to my life? That's how do I make that question. real? It's so much easier than we think. And that's where I try and give people just baby steps. I'm looking at my desk here. For those of you who can see me on the, on the screen, you'll see my to-do list. And it says, what do I want to accomplish this week? Well, right at the very top, I have, what's my true belief? This week, I wrote down, I am peace. <laughs> so I knew, like, before I even list, and I've got five different projects going on, and it's all on here. Before I even list that down, I think, where do I want this to be motivated from? I want to be motivated from a true belief. My false belief is, I got to scramble, and it's all on me. You better not drop the ball. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Those of us who are high achievers, that's that's an easy one we reach for. What I realized before I even write down anything that I'm going to be accomplishing this week, I write down what's my true belief I want it working from. And it could be super simple. I am peace. I decided to use an I am statement and say I am peace. My company has really grown. We're doing a lot of work. I'm on a podcast campaign right now. I'm doing an e-course, a lot of keynotes I've started doing. So a lot of public stuff, which can really stress me out. When I'm sitting nicely in my office and I'm coaching my clients, it's a very relaxing feeling. I've got a fireplace going. I mean, it's just really peaceful for me. When I start to start going out in the world, some of my introvert starts really kicking in. And I'm, I'm a little bit introvert and extrovert, I'm kind of an ambivert, but my peace gets really jeopardized. And so I not only want to reach for it, I want to say I am peace and I'm going to be fueled by peace. And anything that starts jeopardizing or rippling my peace, I'm going to take a closer look at. I'm either going to say no to it or I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to step into this, but I get to do it with peace. And I'm committed then to a mindset that every all my energy is going to come from a space of peace or I'm not going to say yes to it. If I can't come from a place of peace, then it's probably beyond my capabilities right now. And I need to say no. So peace and also not only gets to be a motivator for energizing me, it's a motivator for setting boundaries. Oh, that's good. Setting boundaries. That's a whole other topic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Yikes. Well, okay. So here's the reality. Most of us don't get to sit. I'm not saying you. We don't get to sit at home all day reading nice books by Heather that are just totally comforting. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to read books about life, you know. Yes. But what is your advice for someone who says, okay, I would like this work-life balance, mm -hmm. but I am a leader. I do have a job. I am a mom with three kids. How do you really balance your personal life, which is mm -hmm. probably, you know, really where your heart is? with the reality that we have responsibilities in life. How do people really balance that? What's your advice for clients? 
Oh, I just wrote an article on this. Part of it, you'll hear me sigh sometimes when you hear about work-life balance because it's such a popular topic. And yet I feel like people are talking about it, but not really saying much about it. And I believe because we have to go deeper and it starts with soul care. The work-life balance, first of all, I believe is a myth. I think we cannot keep it balanced. What we can do is learn to have harmony with it and have a connection. So I think as we learn to have a harmonious feeling with our work life and our personal life, it comes from practices of self-care because how we show up in our work and how we show up in our personal life, we can't separate. (laughs) We don't want to separate. And if we start separating it, we become almost like this avatar we're putting out in the world. And I want to say abolish all avatars, put your real self out in that world. And if you want to put your real self out in the world, it starts from within. So how we do self-care practices and I know this is this is hard for those of us who are busy. And I go through busy seasons myself where my self-care, you're right. It, I don't have time to sit down and journal. I Sometimes it'll go months before I journal. So I'm not saying it has to be one way of self-care, but you have to be conscious of the way in which you're doing healthcare during that season. So if you're in a busy season, sometimes five minutes, just five minutes in the morning of meditating over that cup of coffee or over your cup of tea or just sitting in nature, whatever you need to do to center your soul so that you are recognizing, hey, what's my clarity here? What am I stepping into today? Okay, I've got three different podcasts going on. I've got an interview coming up and I've got, oh yeah, I've got to prep for that e-course. I'll run through it. That's my clarity. My confidence is, oh, what's my, what am I believing? I'm already starting to feel like, can I do this? (laughs) Do people want to listen to me? When we start increasing, our false beliefs start coming up. So I'm aware of that. And then I'm reaching for, wait a minute, I'm made for this and I get to be fueled by peace. I may write that on a post-it then and stick it on my, my desk or my laptop. And I'm looking at that all day. Just that awareness of looking at that all day reminds you, wait a minute, I have a conscious choice of how I'm stepping in my day. So I tell that to people all the time. Use a post-it, stick it in front of you, sit in that true belief, let your eyes glance to it. Some people, some of my clients like to put it on their phone and they push it to themselves like three times a day. It oh. just pings their phone. And it's a true belief that just snaps them out of it. So I think there's a ways to do it to remind you to just be more mindful. And it's much easier than we think. If we don't have time to journal and read books, which many times I don't myself, it's how I start my day, how I pause in the middle of my day, how I end my day, even if it's only like a minute, maybe three times a day, having some sort of consistency for you allows you to do it. And that's the daily piece. But I work with a lot of people with creating this thrive plan of doing something that's daily, doing something that's weekly, doing something that's monthly, doing something that's annual. That's the the ideal that we want to be shooting for. So that we when you say doing plan. something, you're talking about some sort of self-care. You got and it. Self- yeah. In self-care, in your book, a really good point you made was about rest, mm-hmm. and you talked about restorative rest. Yeah. I mean, so not just rest like taking a nap, rest, mm-hmm. but rest like things you really enjoy. Rest could be a mm-hmm. phone call with a friend. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Rest could be a walk with a friend. To me, that's the best multitasking. You're getting your exercise in, mm-hmm. and you're connecting with a friend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how can we get creative about building in that restorative rest while still, you know, accomplishing what we have to accomplish? Right. It can be solo. It can be with others. But when you walk away with from it, do you feel more fueled and restored? I just got a text from a friend this morning saying, hey, dinner with you last night always makes me feel more fueled up. And I oh. thought, ditto, same. You know, that's 
a form of restorative rest, being able to sit down with someone that you can just let down with no filter Mm -hmm. and relax and know that you're unconditionally loved and vice versa. Mm -hmm. These are beautiful spaces that we can create in our life that help us create that restorative rest. And when we do that, our clarity starts to go up. I use this allegory in my book about this little girl with all the bracelets. Well, she loves her bracelets initially until pretty soon the bracelets are the very thing that begin to weigh her down from going to jump on her tire swing. The tire swing is really this metaphor for our restorative rest. What do you love to do in life? It could be gardening. It could be taking a walk. It could be painting. It could be sitting down with a good book. It'd be going to dinner with a friend, doing something that allows you to kind of jump on your tire swing gives you a whole new clarity. If you come back and you go, I don't think I need that bracelet anymore. And it allows you to grow your clarity. It feels counterintuitive. When I work with all these high-powered, high-pressured leaders, they're like, help me, help me, help me, help me. Basically, what they're saying to me is, help me balance all my bracelets to go up to my neck. And I go, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to help you pull over, find your tire swing again, find your time under the stars. These are two metaphors I use. One's for active rest, one's for contemplative rest. Once you do that, you can help yourself. You can recognize which bracelets you want to keep and which bracelets are time you've outgrown or you've been handed down to, or it could be false beliefs that you have to keep them on. What's going on and how and allows you to assess that. This is what time for ourselves does for us. If you come back from a time with your friend or a time on a hike or some kind of tire swing activity or time under the stars, you're able to jump into a life that says, oh my gosh, I've got new clarity on what I want, what I don't want. Mm -hmm. Many of us don't know how to do that. We think Mm -hmm. if I just sit down at my desk and keep thinking about what I want and I don't want, it'll come to me and I want to go, it won't. It won't because we're on that hamster wheel and we're grinding and we're hustling and we're moving and we're striving. I get it. I get caught in that as well. But it's when we step back and let go and go do some tire swing activities that we come back to our work and go, oh, I don't think I want this anymore. I don't think I'm made for this. I think I've just been trying to do this. That's right. And and as I'm listening to you, Heather, I'm thinking, I personally believe that it's really hard for each of us to be objective on our own. We really need someone out. We can benefit from someone outside of ourselves to guide us, teach us, help us be self-aware. So I want to direct folks to all of you. You have so many great resources. Heather is a coach. You can tell from our conversation. She is extremely helpful to people. She could be helpful to you. She could be helpful to me. She has all kinds of resources that fit each person's lifestyle. So we've talked about her book. I really would encourage people to get this book. This is not just a book you would read once. This is really a reference book that you go back to. Uh, But secondly, Heather, you've talked about your Mm e-course. Is that something that people will be able to access pretty soon? Yes, it's coming in a in a couple months. I just recorded it, so my team is editing it, so it should be out just fairly soon. And you'll see me on uh, social media announcing it. And also, if you go on my website, heatherpenny.com, and sign up for my blog, I'll be announcing all the different ways to Great. stay connected. Great. So, and I follow you on Instagram. I would suggest to everyone, follow Heather on Instagram. She posts some really great content, encouraging stuff on a very regular basis, which is helpful, it's timely, and then to listen to her podcast, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. great. I said, I I told Heather, I listened to your podcast the other day. I was multitasking. I was on an exercise bike. I'm listening to Heather. I'm like, 
oh, I'm in such a great space. And then I had to go make dinner, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little, I had a little soul care there for a little while. There you did. <laughs> Good for so, you. Heatherpenny.com. We'll have all of this in the show notes, mm -hmm. but I just want to thank you so much for your time. And You're I just welcome. wish you the best with all your new projects. And you've motivated me to write I am peace on a post-it note today. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. You take Take care. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening today. We hope you're inspired. And if you like the episode, please take a moment to go to your podcast platform and follow us and leave a review so more people can find us. Now go out and be the pivotal person that you are.